Let's Get Two presents Go, Go Astros! Go, Go Astros! A focus on H-Town Hardball. And we're here on Go, Go Astros. Brian is not. We uh, wish him well. He's doing dealing with some family stuff. But, Andy, let's talk about the most important thing going on in baseball right now, and that is the ugliest all-star game hats I've ever seen. They progressively get worse every every year. Um, and I, I am of the age where it used to be that you just wore your regular uniform. <laughs> yeah. If you were the road team, you wore your grays or your blues. If you were the home team, you wore your whites or your creams, and you just showed up. Maybe they gave you a patch for your arm. And, and then for a while, we had BP hats. That was it. Yep. I, I just can't believe they're doubling down on the whole mesh thing. No, it's it's ugly. And I've got to think, just like the batting practice hats and the um, spring training hats, that they literally are a supply chain issue because nobody wants those hats. Nobody wants a flex fit mesh hat. It reminds me of what they used to give away at the dome on hat day, you know? Well, I mean, especially baseball players, because I think there were not, not a few that got on social media and showed the different stages of sunburn they had on their skulls when they're bald and they have a mesh hat standing out in the Florida sun for several hours a day. Um, It's like many things for major league baseball not really well thought out, not really well designed, and yet we're going to be forced to buy it. Yeah, well, I won't be. Foot is coming down. I can't not, remember the last time I bought an all-star hat, but it, this won't be the year. This won't be the year. I'm not buying this the, the American flag hat, but that's a conversation for another time. So Astros, um, you know, we, we talked last week about the gauntlet. I was trying to be realistic and say that I really thought four and five would have been a successful stretch when you consider six of these games are on the road. Where do you sit now where it comes to this Yankee series in particular? Happy with the split? Or are you more mad at the lost opportunity with uh, Thursday and Sunday's game? Mad's the wrong word. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm glad because I think the lingering question amongst Astros fans is because we just don't play a lot of teams over 500 um, because of the nature of our division right now. Right. We're 12 and nine, and two of those wins are against the Yankees and two more against the Mets. So you take those four away, and we're what, eight and nine against teams over 500. So this, the, the last six games went a long way towards settling some of the can our pitching matchup with New York's hitting, especially when you cut, talk about the Yankees who are leading the world in run differential right now. Right. Um, and you, you know, hit them for 16 and a third innings. Um, you should have won all four games if your bullpen had cooperated and there was a little fewer, few different decisions made along the way. I, I'm it's irritating, not mad, but I think we're in a good place. I also think it, solidifies or it should solidify for James Click that maybe if we're look if we're shopping at the deadline, which we should be, um, another reliever, another high-end reliever who can finish off batters would not be the worst thing in the world for us to look to pick up. Um, I'm not down on Ryan Presley, um, although if you looked at our DMs, you might think differently. <laughs> um, but I also have never thought that he's a closer. I think he's a yeah, great. That's eight, true. I, I think he's a great eight, eighth inning guy, and he's done well in the closer role. But there's just, it feels like the last pitch always wears on him for the next pitch, um, and sometimes it works out for him. And on a Thursday night, it didn't work out for him. 
Um, and, you know, came back and bit Stanek in the butt too this game. So, what was that, Stanek? I lost. I, I moved to the pool after the no-hitter was lost. Seth uh, Martinez is who gave up. Uh, oh, no, it was he gave up his first was, runs. That's right. He gave up his first runs of yeah. the season. And it was Maton who gave up the lead. Yeah. Um, Maton's a bigger concern. And if you, you're looking at Lance McCullers coming back, you're looking at um, Jake Odorizzi coming back and putting them in the rotation, if that's what we're doing, um, a couple guys have to leave the rotation. And you'd like to think that they could solidify the bullpen if that's the route we're going to go. So Phil, Phil Maton, Phil Maton, however you want to say his name, there's some questions about him right now because this has not been a good season for him so far. ERA is hovering in the mid fours. Uh, last yeah. time I looked, he hasn't been as effective as he was in the playoffs last year. Ironically, he's been about as effective as he was in the regular season last year. So, you know, there's some moves to be made there, um, but I think the Astros have the payroll flexibility to make those moves. It's a matter of what you're going to do with all this starting pitching we're about to have. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was the starting pitching, but we'll table that for just a second. Um, you know, the big question, you know, you and I have have done a pretty good job, I think, and Brian, of not having this be the question the manager show, because I think it's lazy. I think um, it's it's low-hanging fruit, but there's no really excuse for not walking Aaron judge in that situation. That's where I'm sitting where you have a base open. He's already beat you once. He's arguably the best hitter in baseball this year. Overall, where do you kind of put that decision-making? Um, you know, we, we try not to beat on dusty too much. Cause like you said, it's, it's low hanging fruit. Um, I think if you're really trying to win the game, and you really, really care about winning the game and you're Dusty Baker, you don't pitch to Aaron Judge in that situation. You take your chances with the next guy. And um, we chose not to. I've got to think if it was a playoff game, there would have been a different decision made. Right. Because there's no reason to give Judge that opportunity. Um, and we did, and he bit us, and like he did Thursday. Um so it, it, it kind of is what it is. I think this was a series where both teams, um, I'm talking about the Yankees too, can come away with a lot of things they can be happy about and a lot of yeah. things they can be disappointed in. And that's probably when baseball is at the best, when you've got two fairly evenly matched teams. Um, also knowing we didn't have Jeremy Pena for three of the first four games. Um, Alvarez inexplicably took the day off yesterday, even though he's, literally turned 25 today and doesn't need days <laughs> off and has the day off today. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some questionable decisions that would not be questions in a playoff series. So, I, you know, I come out of these six games feeling pretty good about where we are. We yeah. can lose the next two in uh, Flushing Meadows and I feel pretty crappy about where we are, but that's, you know, the nature of being a fan. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, again, I still feel like, you know, if you win one of the three, that we have next the two in, in New York and the one with the Yankees at home and explicitly though, weird one game, one game, series. One game yeah. series that our friend, Emily Nyman said, I'm sure all fans of both sides will react rationally to the outcome of that particular contest. I think yeah, it'll be fantastic. And one, one fan base will be claiming a sweep. It's, it's right. That's right. Um, let's talk a little bit about center field. I'm actually a big believer now more than ever that center field will be addressed at the trade deadline in some way, shape or form. 
Um, were you su- surprised to see Chaz McCormick um, be the be the sort of the roster casualty of Jake Myers coming back? Uh, surprised, yes. I understand it from the standpoint of a couple things. Uh, Dubon can play center field. We picked him up. Um, they're going to give Myers every opportunity to prove they don't need to go trade for somebody. So it, this is his basically month to audition before the trade deadline. Um, the other side of that is who they didn't drop down, um, J.J. Machevic, um, who honestly they've got to figure out what they have at first base with him or if it's got to be somebody else because those of us actively rooting for Yuli Gurriel to bounce back, uh, we're still waiting. Uh, you know, shown some signs of life. The power doesn't seem to be there anymore. Uh, he's not walking, so he's not seeing the ball the way he was last year. Uh, still has an odd number of doubles um, for the way he's batting, so he still can drive the ball, Yeah, but he struggled this year. I think he'd be the first person to tell you he struggled this year. So um, whether he's on the team next year, because I think there's a team option for next year, um, or not, they've got to figure out if they've got an organizational first baseman that they can plug in if this is his last year or if next year is the farewell tour or however that works. Otherwise, you know, that's a spot. It's a real sensitive spot because where else do you play Yuli Gurriel if you go out and get a Josh Bell? And that's pie in the sky thing. I don't think the Astros sure. are going to pursue a Josh Bell. But if you did and it made the team better, what do you do with Yuli at that point? Um, so center field, back to your question, still makes the most sense, but you've got a couple guys who are going to get tryouts um, in Myers and Machevic um, for the next, you know, three or four weeks before the Astros really have to get serious about negotiations on stuff. Um, you know, the good news is we're still not offensively hitting any kind of stride. Look in the, just the American League, we're third in run differential, which means we're not scoring runs the way we're used to. But our pitching is so much better than it was last year, top yeah. and bottom. Which we uh, predicted. I mean, as a show, yeah. we, what we all said, we would be a pitching team this year. Um, and, and in theory, you bring a Lance McCullers Jr. back, that's going to improve your rotation, which well, in theory should improve, should improve your bullpen. Let's get to Sassy Lance. Um Salsa Lance, do you do you um, do you see a world where they really can't get him stretched out in time, and that he kind of anchors the bullpen maybe for the rest of this season, or do you think they're going to do their level best to stretch him out as a starter? Um, I have long thought that his best possible role would be as a closer because he's you know got they got the arrogance, and that's not a bad thing. Professional athletes are arrogant when they're successful. Um, he's got that mentality of not letting things, letting last night's game affect this night's game. Um, but he's never really truly been healthy in the major leagues for any extended period of time. And that's really hard to predict that, okay, you're going to be able to pitch two of the next three nights. Sure. I, I don't think that's the guy. So if there's something holding it back, it's his history of health. The fact that he is coming off, not a surgery, but a long, long rehab to address what was supposed to be a, I'll miss the series and I'll be back for the world series injury. Um, he still hasn't pitched um, outside of rehab sign or rehab assignments, just rehab and physical therapy. Um, I just don't think you could count on using him more than once every four days. And I don't know that you can burn a bullpen spot with that guy. So then, you know, do you put him in the rotation? Is he your long guy? 
I, I don't know. They've got to figure it out. The other thing they have to kind of figure out is that um, Major League Baseball rosters are limited on the number of pitchers they can carry. So yeah, last true. year we could have carried 15 pitchers if we wanted to. Um, this year we can't. Um, so those spots get more precious and guys have to be able to contribute, which is why I don't think you're going to see him start a rehab assignment until they're absolutely sure that he can come back. I mean, I th- yeah, I think you definitely hit the nail on the head. The other complication is going to be, I mean, it's a, it's a benefit of, uh, you know, it's riches, right? Is that Oda Rizzi should be back pretty soon. He mm-hmm. did have at least, he said one start with the space Cowboys. He said everything that he wanted to accomplish, he accomplished. He had to field the ball. Everything feels fine. So do you think that one of these seven starting pitchers might be that, that sort of trade bait if we do look for a new, a new center fielder? I mean, I think you have to. I think you have to deal one of those guys at some point. And I know Brian would, and I'm going to take advantage of Brian not being here and telling me that you keep all starting pitching, which he's been doing to me since the end of last <laughs> season. Um, Can we and, talk and, about lineups too then since he's not here? Sure. It's lineup <laughs> construction. Um, you know, if you asked me last week, I would have said that Jose Urquidy the guy that they're probably going to demote because he doesn't really profile as a bullpen guy. He's had two really, really good starts. Really good starts. Good teams. Um, I got to watch one of those in person, which is a pleasant surprise because usually I'm, if I'm going to be at a game, one of our pitchers is going to shit the bed. That didn't happen this this week, so that was good. Um, and maybe he's gotten over whatever hump he had for you know a month in this season. Uh, Luis Garcia has looked good, except when he hasn't. Um, you've got a bunch of guys, again, that are two, three type starters – for a major league team. And I've got to think those guys are attractive for a major league team. Um, Verlander's probably untouchable. Uh, just, you know, probably because everything's probable. Yeah. Verlander's untouchable. Um, Fomber's probably untouchable. After that, you've got five guys for three slots. Yeah. And I really, that's I not would... to mention, and that's not to mention Hunter Brown sitting in triple a, or the ghost of Forrest Whitley, who evidently got a rehab start somewhere that nobody seems to got, have results on. Um, I'm sure Michael Nash, if he's watching right now, will tell me the results via Twitter <laughs> immediately after posting this. Yeah. But um, they've got to figure it out because I don't think the guys we have in the rotation now that could be moved profile as bullpen guys, with the exception of Javier, which why would you move him to the bullpen? Um, it's – there's just – Somebody smarter than I, and I'm hoping that's James Click, is going to have to figure out how the pieces we have fit and the pieces that don't fit, you know, have a serious conversation with JV about what he wants to do for next year because he's going to hit that 130 innings mark and he's going to have an option to go wherever he wants to. Um, are you going to be back or not? Because that, that might make it as a, a determin- be a determining factor for the Astros. Um, but there's just so many – It'll be very interesting to see how they get the puzzle to fit. And that's all to say, I still think we need a high-end arm in the, at the back end of the bullpen. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, mentioning Hunter Brown and, again, the ghost of Forrest Whitley, most teams that are going to trade for somebody, they're going to want years of control, that kind of thing, which to me lines up either it being like Urquidy or Luis Garcia. Like, I kind of – I agree. I don't think Valdez is going anywhere. I don't think Javier is going anywhere. I think that I think he's got too much cred in the organization, but having Hunter Brown and waiting in the wings absolutely makes one of those two guys expendable. Yeah. And I'm, 
if you told me you could get, and I don't even know, I, I can't even fathom what center fielder is going to be available in a month. Um, but if you could get a Kiermeyer, somebody who is going to be able to put the ball in play um, and is excellent defensively, and that cost you Luis Garcia, I don't know that I'm all that upset about that. And I really, really high on Luis Garcia. But yeah. that may be the guy who has the best, most upside from a trade partner perspective. Let's talk about the Verlander option thing. Um, you know, I've seen that. I've seen people worried about it. I mean, do you think, that, can you see a situation where he doesn't come back here if he hits the 130 innings? Um, I still think he wants to win. And I don't think we've done anything this year to prove that he's, we're not capable of winning. Uh, you, you would think that Jeremy Pena is going to get better than he is right now. Yeah. With a year of service, um, Altuve and um, Bregman showing signs of life. Altuve is probably going to be the same player he is this year, next year. Uh, sorry, Yankees fans. Um, you've got Alvarez for the next five years. You've got Tucker still on the come. Um, it, it's a team that is still going to be really, really good. They're going to have some questions. They have questions now. What do you do to replace Brantley? What are you doing in center field? Who's playing first base next year? But those are pretty easily answered questions with the right moves. So it's up to the Astros to prove to JV that they're going to continue to make every effort to win. And I think he's comfortable here. Uh, I know that, you know, the thought is always he's going to go to Los Angeles because his wife's modeling career or he wants that big market. He's never gone after the big market. He's had opportunities. He's re- in both of those opportunities. He re-signed with us twice and re-signed with Detroit once. So it, Based on past performance, I can't see him really going out and pursuing those things. And at 39, you know, the the number of teams interested in him, even with the performance he's had so far this year, is still going to be kind of limited Yeah, um, yeah. because he's going to command money. I think we will renegotiate the contract for next year if he decides. I, I think that's the deal, right? right? So I know we have an option for, uh, what was it, $20 million? we'll probably end up paying him $25, $27 million instead to stay for another year. But maybe we get two years out of that. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I I anticipate him being back, but the Astros need to have that conversation sooner rather than later. Well, I do think you're right. I think in in the other factor with all of that is the fact that uh, James – that Jim McCrane – Jim Crane – Jim McCrane – Jim Crane seems to like Verlander and – would wow. probably keep him around. I like uh, last screen, you've you've merged all the three last Astros owners into one entity. I really have, which maybe is not fair to to Jim Crane at all. But one of the things too is um, I wanted to, that I wanted to bring up was a article written by John Heyman in the New York Post. I don't know if you saw it. Hey, man. Uh, that basically said, I mean, it was a, here. To, here is a reputable Major League Baseball writer essentially saying booing Altuve is dumb. He had nothing to do with the scheme. You've got to let it go. Um, I, it feels like to me with Altuve in specific and with the Astros as, as a whole, that it seems like now baseball media is trying to do a reclamation project on the reputation they helped destroy. I wish that Heyman would have a conversation with Michael Key because he hasn't gotten that memo yet. Oh, I don't know that I don't know that play by play for the Yankees is really considered a, you know, a part of the media necessarily. They're PR guys. Um, and I noticed he didn't have that conversation with Beltran was in the booth. That was also interesting. But back to Heyman. Back to um, 
you know, I think that what we all kind of anticipated in Houston would happen is starting to happen. It's just taking a little bit longer than any of us would like is that Jose Altuve's performance hasn't declined. So even if you thought that he was the worst of the worst in 2017 and did all the cheating and did all the things that kind of been proven he hasn't done, but even if you still believe that happened, all those things taken away, he's still the same player. He hits home runs when he needs to hit home runs. If he needed to be bat 330 for this team to be successful, that's what he would be doing right now. Um, he still steals bases when he needs to, not like he did when he was 25, but he's not 25 sure. anymore. Um, so he's a player, and I think you're going to see similar things. Uh, it certainly has happened with Springer because there's no mention of his role in any of this at all in Toronto. Um, I don't think Correa is feeling any heat in, in Minnesota. Um, Marwin Gonzalez is on the Yankees unless he's been cut by now. Cause he probably should have been, yeah. um, but it's Cameron Maben also works for the Yankees. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things that time is going to heal this and the media has to have something to write about and you can't keep claiming that the Astros are cheating when you know that they're not to explain a why, why they're still good five years later. Because uh, that's where we are right now. We're five years removed from the 2017 season. Right, that's an eternity in baseball. Um, so how do you, how do I explain that Jose Altuve is still hitting home runs and breaking Yankee fans' hearts? Well, you explain it by just saying he's a good player, and let's move on to the next thing. And it, it's taken five years, but they're finally getting there. The next step will be, of course, Yankees fans not screaming "F Altuve" at Knicks games. Um, which I, I guess they still do. He's not in attendance, so I wouldn't know. But um, but it's I think it's one of these things where time heals this stuff. You've got the writers are also really fickle. You've got writers now who are adamantly against uh, Bonds and Clemens and that group getting in the Hall of Fame who are now mourning the fact that they're going to lose their ability to get in the Hall of Fame because of their eligibility has run out. Right. Uh, even though they were in control of that whole process, but that's besides the point so it's you know i think i think it's one of those things where the yankees letter although it didn't re reveal any surprising news did finally give a glimpse to some people who weren't following as closely as maybe they needed to be that yeah this was a league-wide problem um and it's not happening right now at least not in a way that's detectable so we can't keep holding it against this guy and miss out on the players that we're watching that are really really great for the game right well, I, I think you definitely summed it up. I also will get a bit more jaded and say the only thing media likes to do than tear something down is to have the comeback story. And I think that's oh, what sure. I think I think that's what we're getting. All right, Andy. We every, will be every, back. every Disney sports movie ever. Right. Well, we will be back next week. Hopefully, Brian will be with us. And until then, Andy, go Strohs. Go Strohs and uh, beat the Mets. Go Go Astros is a presentation from Twitchy Dolphin Media and part of the Let's Get To Baseball Network.